Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. I'm Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out that website for all of my written reviews, over 3,700 of them to read anytime you want. Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be reviewing the latest film. It's a mystery thriller. Maybe a few other genres in there too, but I really don't want to say one way or another because it might spoil it for me to tell you one way or another. It's called 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's a PG-13 rated film for thematic material that includes frightening sequences of threat with some violence and brief language. The runtime is an hour and 45 minutes, and the stars are Mary Elizabeth Winstead, John Goodman, John Gallagher Jr. The director's Dan Trachtenberg and the screenplay is by Josh Campbell, Matthew Stukin, and Damien Chazelle. Now, in an era full of sequels that very few people were clamoring for, I'd say that 10 Cloverfield Lane ends up being one of the very rare good ones. Now, part of the reason why is that it feels like an entirely different film this time around. It's more akin to a companion piece than it is an outright sequel. It does play in the same universe, but it doesn't really have many points of convergence with the 2008 entry. Even the genre is completely different. Cloverfield, the one from 2008, came across as a horror-slash-sci-fi found-footage disaster flick. 10 Cloverfield Lane plays most of its runtime as a very straightforward suspense terror film. Now, in truth, the original script was by Josh Campbell and Matthew Stukin. It was never intended as a Cloverfield film. It existed in its original form as a straightforward suspense horror flick called The Cellar. That was before it was retooled by Damien Chazelle and a think tank of Abrams and his cronies into the kind of film that it is today. Stumbling into the connection between this film and Cloverfield well into the pre-production process. Now, from then on, the notion had been to tie this film into the same universe that had been created back in 2008 that would carry along fans of the original film and gain new ones from those viewers who would eventually seek to reach back to that 2008 film and see it in a new and more interesting light than they may have seen the first time around. As far as the plot, the film stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Michelle. We see her at the beginning of the film leaving her fiancé, Ben, who is coincidentally voiced by Bradley Cooper, after an apparent deal-breaking disagreement that Ben must surely feel sorry for, given that he's persistently calling her on the phone as she's on the rural Louisiana road heading out of town. That's the last thing that Michelle remembers, because she ends up getting in a car accident that sees her roll off the road and take a nasty tumble. When Michelle awakens, she finds herself in a completely different environment. She's in a strange bed, she has an IV hooked into her arm, she's chained to the wall by her leg, and she's enclosed in a nearly empty room with a very dense-looking metal door that's locked up tight. Michelle's soon visited by an armed man named Howard, played by John Goodman. Howard claims to have saved her life, and also claims that they're the only ones who are left alive down there in their fallout shelter, and that everyone outside is likely dead or dying because of some sort of an apocalyptic event that has poisoned the air and made it unbreathable. There's enough in the mini-bunker to keep them fed and secure for years, but 
The question is, is Howard, who is an avowed conspiracy nut, a benign Samaritan, or is he her captor, trying to keep her from escaping his lair for reasons that are perhaps too horrific for Michelle to contemplate fully? 10 Cloverfield Lane is a promising debut for a first-time feature director, Dan Trachtenberg. I've known Dan Trachtenberg, not personally, but I know who he is because he's a guy who used to do podcasts that included, among other things, film reviews. I used to watch his video podcast, The Totally Rad Show, uh, which I found quite entertaining when it was on, but I had no idea that he was this kind of a director, even though he directed some segments of that show. He keeps the tone here very eerie, but still very playful and tinkering with a lot of the genre conventions in the same way that Cloverfield's co-creator, Drew Goddard's films, often do. The mystery regarding just what's going on is genuinely full of suspense. It's complete with some unexpected twists, very punchy reveals, and all-important red herrings. It plays a bit like an M. Night Shyamalan film back when Shyamalan could still make suspenseful films. Trachtenberg builds tension through some great camera work and enveloping music that would make someone like Alfred Hitchcock quite proud in terms of the technique, if not the actual storyline. Trachtenberg ends up paving over some of the more glaring conveniences and contrivances that must occur for this story to keep on its very forced trajectory as a thriller. And this kind of plot only really becomes unraveled once you are at the end of the movie and, and you start to put together the pieces. And that's when you'll discover there's a lot of gross manipulations within the plot line that make it feel a little bit cheap. It's a kind of a B-movie even though it's given kind of an A-list release. J.J. Abrams and his Bad Robot Productions, that's the company responsible for the Cloverfield films. I suppose it's no coincidence that J.J. Abrams also had a big hand in the genre-busting hit television show, Lost, as in Lost, the episode out of left field that rewrites all that's come before was one of the great joys of that ABC show. And that same technique to narrative seems to be serving the Cloverfield series quite well in this left field tangential follow-up. This is not the first film to subvert genres in its franchise. If you think just a few years back, Prometheus took another established horror sci-fi franchise into a a completely different direction, and it's interesting to note that Prometheus had also been written by a, a co-creator of Lost, Damon Lindelof, so obviously these guys have a way of telling stories that seem to work for them, which is to completely upend what's come before and to kind of go into established narratives with a different angle and a different light and to kind of go off into left field often. 10 Cloverfield Lane is essentially a three-hander, a chamber piece of sorts. The trailer reveals the third person in the film, but I'll leave the nature of who he is as a mystery for those who haven't seen the film. I don't think it's critical to know whether you know who it is or don't know who it is. It doesn't, I don't know that it really bears a great deal of difference, but I don't want to tell you too much. I think the less I tell you about what happens in 10 Cloverfield Lane, the more chance you'll have in order to enjoy it. Uh, this one's done in a very claustrophobic environment where a few secrets can stay hidden for long and that does ratchet up a lot of that tension. I would also say that the acting by the three main players is really good. It treads the line well between dark humor and more straightforward menace in some pretty delightfully eerie ways. If there's anything that deflates the suspense of the film, I would say that it's the title itself that suggests to you 
in the back of your mind, you always know that somehow this is going to tie in with Cloverfield. And that means that if it is truly a sequel or an offshoot or a spinoff or whatever, we already have a guess in our minds as to what the kinds of events are really taking place outside of the shelter and what kind of dangers that will await any of the shelter inhabitants if they eventually emerge into the outside world. So in addition to that, it's also hampered somewhat by the knowledge that it has a PG-13 rating. We know that certain things are not going to happen within the course of the movie because it would never be able to retain that rating. So a lot of the tension as to who Howard is and what he intends to do and what he will do and what will come of it in the climax you know it's never quite going to go exactly where it teases you. So that and that film's title that acts as a double-edged sword, both as an enticement and kind of a spoilery expectation, the initially nail-biting story becomes increasingly anticlimactic as it nears its overreaching final act. But I would say, in the defense of the movie... 10 Cloverfield Lane is more a film that is enjoyable primarily for its journey rather than its destination. So even if you feel like you kind of know where it's going to go eventually, it's still an enjoyable experience while you're on that ride. Now, despite some bumpy roads in its ham-fistedly obvious attempts at some humor... Some of the jokes don't really work that well. There's a lot of bending of the plot to serve up theatrics, specifically to play up to audiences that are looking for some choice thrills. Despite all of the weaknesses that one can attribute to it, I do think that Ten Cloverfield Lane still is a worthwhile escapist adventure to undertake. I'm going to give Ten Cloverfield Lane three stars out of four, and three stars on my scale means that I do think that it's worth going out of your way for if you enjoy not only the original Cloverfield film or the aforementioned narrative twists of Lost, but I also think that if you are a fan of these kinds of survival, terror, horror kind of movies, then, you know, this is a very light form of that kind of movie, but I think that you will find it very suspenseful and intriguing, and it goes into some interesting places, even if you feel manipulated once it's all over. Still, while it's on, it is riveting. So, good job, Dan Trachtenberg and Tan Cloverfield Lane gets a recommendation for fans of mystery thrillers. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button and you continue to get all of my reviews downloaded into your podcast player. And also... If you happen to be on iTunes or any place else in which you download the podcast that allows you to leave a review, I encourage you to do that because the best way that you can show your support for the show is to let other people know what you think. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name. Until next time, uh, if you do go see 10 Cloverfield Lane, I do encourage you to go to my website and find out my contact information and write to me and let me know what you think. Also, while you're there... There are links to my Twitter feed on my Facebook page, so you'll always know when I post a new review. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your time anytime you go to the movies. 